welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Bam! What's up, everybody? <laughs> Woo! Man, it was so good to be able to praise and celebrate God. I got a little bit too caught up in the moment. Um, but we're excited to have you joining us this morning for Soul Revival Church at Home. Transition from the beach to home. We're not at home right now, but we are hanging out with you, and we are excited about what God wants to speak to you this morning. Uh, we want you to know that if you're a visitor here at Soul Revival Church, uh, you don't have to believe to belong. You can come as you are. We know that we are all on a journey. We are all pursuing God in our own ways, but God wants you to know that he is there. That's what we just saying right now, that you can run to the Father, that you can go to him, and he will accept you and embrace you in that moment. Uh, if, if you're joining us online right now, could you say what's up in the comments section? Anybody here, you guys can say what's up to each other, but uh, we'd love to say hello and good morning to you. We're so thankful that you would come and spend some time with us as we celebrate Jesus, not from the beach, in your home. We're hanging out at a park here, and uh, it's been crazy, the weather that we we're facing this morning, but God brought some sunshine for us so that we could spend some time with you in this way. Uh, I just want to take a moment to pray with everyone. God, thank you so much that you are here. We thank you that you are present. God, I pray that you would help me get out of the way, that your presence would be felt. Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me right now. You know where people are. You know what they're feeling and what they're facing. And there is something that you want to say to them today. Holy Spirit, we are humbled and thankful that you fill us and lead us and guide us and are willing to love us and meet us exactly where we're at. So we pray in this moment you would do just that. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Shout out Amen in the comment section. It feels weird being back online. We got to hang out for two weeks, but here we are online, hanging out, but we're going to get to see you again soon. Next week, we'll be back at the beach, weather permitting, so that's what we are praying for. But if you're joining us for the first time, or you haven't been with us for a little while, we've been in the midst of a series called Outbreak, because we know that there is an outbreak of the gospel that God wants to work through right now. We've been studying the book of Acts, because in the book of Acts, that was the first church. After Jesus ascended back into heaven and people were following Jesus and spreading his good news, there was an outpouring of his Holy Spirit that started with prayer. And as they prayed to God and they received God's Spirit and gave them the courage and the confidence to live out their faith, we started to see an outbreak of the gospel. So I know we've seen outbreaks of many kinds here, uh, whether it be through this virus, whether it be through hatred, but we know that the answer is love. The answer is Jesus. And we want to encourage you today with the word. Uh, if you're taking notes this morning, anybody taking notes? Everybody got their notebook? If you don't, we don't know. But God does. He's going to give extra credit to anybody that gives a notebook out right now. Ready? Go. <laughs> oh. If you already have your notebook, the title of this message is Ride or Die. If you didn't have your notebook yet, I think you can remember that one. But Ride or Die is the title of this message. And I want to read a verse from Philippians 1.21 with you. Uh, if you can get your Bible, now you need a notebook, now you need your Bible. That's, a, that's the last thing I'm going to ask you to grab, okay? Except for your attention. I thought for sure people would laugh. There are people here with me right now. I thought that was funny. Hopefully you're laughing at home. Uh, but if you've got your Bible, we want you to know that this, this is God's love story to us. 
cares for us. He wants to meet us exactly where we're at. It's not a rule book of how you earn the love of God. The love of God is free, and it is available for everyone. And this is a story of God sharing his love with us, but that because of our brokenness and the mistakes that we made, we were separated from God. So he sent Jesus so that we could have a direct relationship through his sacrifice. And in Philippians 1.21, the verse I'm going to read with you today, it says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. And you're wondering, what does this have to do with anything? Well, ride or die. Anybody know the phrase ride or die? You can put a hand up in comments. Everybody's hands up are here, or maybe half of them. Um, if you didn't know, I'm going to let you know. Ride or die. Like, when you were growing up, you wanted friends. Or when you were searching for a significant other, you want somebody that would be ride or die. Ride or die is a term that means they would be down for whatever. No matter what's going to happen, they're there for you. That they're ready to go through anything with you. And even if that leads to death, they'll do it. That's what the term means. I don't know how many people take it literally. Um, but I will praise God in this moment that I found my ride or die. Just hanging out right over there. Melissa, say what's up. What's up? What's she up? said what's up. <laughs> but I found my ride or die. And um, I feel like in life, we might be searching for that. Whether it's a significant other or it might be a friend. But when you search for it, you're like, man, who can I count on? Who can I depend on to be there for me? Do you have friends like that? Do you have friends that you would say are ride or die for you? I'm thankful that I can say yes to that. But a lot of us, we may not have had that I, for a long time, didn't. And we know, and we want you to know, that here at Soar Bible Church, we are better together. And this is a place where you can find some ride or die people that want to hang out with you, that want to do life with you and come alongside you. But I also want to look at this reflectively this morning and say, am I ride or die? Like, am I the kind of friend? Am I the kind of spouse? Am I the kind of boyfriend, girlfriend? Am I the kind of schoolmate that is ride or die? Can I be counted on and relied upon? Because we all want to find that person, but are we, are we that person? And even furthermore, are we that person when it comes to God? Are we willing to ride or die for our faith? Are we willing to ride or die when we're following Jesus and what he's calling us to? Because in Acts, that's what we are in the middle of exploring right now. So to catch you up quickly, the last couple of weeks, we've been hearing about Peter. And Peter, God put it on Peter's heart through a time of prayer that he needed to address some systemic issues that were causing division within God's church and who the gospel was available to some racial lines, some cultural lines. And God brought that together. And as he shared it with other followers of Jesus that had the Jewish faith before stepping into a relationship with Jesus, and they acknowledged it and accepted it, the gospel began to spread. Before this, people had gone out to different cities, but they were speaking and preaching the gospel. The birds are saying amen. I don't know if you can hear it, but I can. Sorry, I got a little off track. But they were speaking the gospel to people who had a Jewish faith. But this changed in this moment. And as Peter stepped up and led well and showed people that there's no difference in religious backgrounds in order to be able to have Jesus. There's no difference in skin colors, no cultural differences. None of that can prevent us from having a relationship with Jesus, that he is available and accessible to everybody. So after this happened, his gospel started to spread to more people. And because of it, it caused more turmoil. And King Herod actually arrested and was going to persecute Christians. Now here's the difference. The Sanhedrin, they were arresting Christians beforehand and they were putting them uh, on trial through the Jewish faith. 
And Peter had even been there with John, and they got released and continued to share the gospel. But King Herod, this is King Herod is the grandson of the King Herod that tried to kill Jesus as he was a baby. Has had a mass killing of all babies two years and under or over right in that ballpark because he was afraid that there was a king that was going to come and take his power. This is his grandson. This is the lineage of that. And he is in power and he arrests James. James was a brother of John. They were called the sons of thunder. But James, John, and Peter were like Jesus' three amigos. <laughs> that was random. Three amigos, it just sounded right. Uh, but he had his 12 disciples, but there were three people that he spent more time to pour into to show that they had the responsibility to lead. And James was arrested by King Herod and put to the sword. When you read in the Bible, when you can read this, we're going to be in, in Acts, what is it, Acts 12 today is what we're going through as we study this. But when you read this, and this is, this is real, this really happened, and it's crazy if you uh, really pull it in. But when it says you were killed by the sword, typically meant, hey guys, 12 years, it meant the head's getting chopped off. That's for real. My boys are here, so that's what I was talking to in that moment. But now I just drew attention to it. But that's how he was taken out. And he saw that it pleased people. He was on a politi political campaign. He was trying to gain the love of the people. You couldn't correlate that to now, could you? But as he saw that people were excited about this, the Jewish people were excited about James being killed because of his faith, he started to persecute more Christians. And then this is what we're going to pick up today. Because Peter was then arrested. And when Peter was arrested and he was put into prison, he actually put four squadrons that guarded him of four people each. So 16 people that were assigned to guard Peter. And as Peter was arrested, it said in Acts 12.5, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Earnestly praying. That means they were doing it with such passion, such they had an expectation of what God was going to do. That they would get him out of there, that they would protect him and save him. But I couldn't imagine right now in this moment if I were Peter. But there is a power in prayer that even prison can't touch. It might be a physical prison. If you find yourself there, if you've been there before, it might feel like, yeah, no one's breaking me out of here. But in your relationship with Jesus, you can have freedom. There might be prisons that you find yourself in your mind whether it's through addictions that you're facing, alcoholism, drugs, pornography, these things that you just can't let go of and it's a prison that's affecting you. But we want you to know today that there is power in prayer that's greater than any prison that you might find yourself in right now. That God wants to meet you right there and deliver you, but the power of prayer, knowing someone is praying for you, can give you encouragement in that moment. And as Peter sits there in the jail cell, they were waiting. They were waiting for the festival of unleavened bread to be over with because he didn't want to cause too much of a commotion when there were a lot of people in the city. So he was in jail for a while. But what's crazy is in Acts 12.6, it says the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. I want to highlight one word there for you, sleeping. If you've been in prison with soldiers guarding you constantly, you're chained between two of them. Each arm is chained to a guard, and you're in a prison cell with two other guards on the outside of it. How would you feel in that moment? I know there's some chains that we're feeling stuck to right now, whether it's our jobs, whether it's relationships that we're in, 
the things that we're facing right now, but we feel like, God, how can you speak to me in this moment? Would you be sleeping if you were facing that? Because the trial the next day, he had seen this before. When James was taken out. If you were facing death the next day, could you be sleeping? Especially with your arms attached to two soldiers? I couldn't imagine that. I could not imagine that. But here Peter is. He's asleep. And bound with two chains and the sentry stood guard at the entrance. See, but Peter was free from fear because of his faith. Are you free from fear because of your faith? God wants to set us free. He wants to give us a freedom. Even if you're in chains, even if you feel so stuck right now. I don't know about you, but I miss seeing everybody in a building where we can hang out. It's been great on the beach, but there's something different about coming together where people feel safe, like they can hug one another. I miss hugs, I miss high fives, I miss all of that. But we can't allow those chains to impact where we're at with our faith, because we don't need to have fear when we have faith. And in this moment, Peter was asleep. I still cannot get over that, but he's rotted out for his faith. Because in his faith, he's not concerned about the outcome in this moment. He's saying, all right, God, I'm here. I've been speaking the gospel. I've been speaking the good news. I've been letting people know about Jesus, and I'm seeing it spread. I'm seeing an outbreak of the gospel. So, God, whatever you need to do, I'm ride or die. Are you ride or die in your faith? Because God will give you a calm. He will give you a peace no matter what storm you're facing. We were singing about that this morning. But my God made me a promise. He made you a promise. He will not leave you or forsake you. He will meet you exactly where you are. And that's what he did for Peter in this moment where he could feel the presence of God and not be afraid. But then it continues in Acts 12, 7. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up like, Hey man, get up. Let's go. I got a plan. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. Which is even more bogus if you think about that. He didn't even have clothes or sandals on and he's chained up to two dudes. That's a side note, but I'm telling you, the Bible, this is real. But anyways, he gets his clothes on, gets his sandals on. And then he wrapped his cloak around him and he went with the angel. And Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. See, because we had just learned a little while ago about Peter praying and God speaking to him through a vision, showing him a sheep. So right now he's thinking, is this just another dream? This can't be real. I was just chained to two people. You ever feel like that? Like you're stuck to chains and you start to see God respond, but you're like, no, this can't be real. Don't stay in that cell. Do not stay in that cell. When God comes to meet you in it, he wants to free you from some things. He wants to free you from the pain and the heartache and the things that you're encountering and experiencing right now through a faith. It might not look like a physical breakout like this right now, but God wants to break out in your heart. He wants to give you freedom from whatever you're facing. Because he loves you and he'll meet you exactly where you're at. And then they passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. And when they went through it, he came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. You need to know today that you can have a confidence and you can know that it can happen. 
You need to have faith that things can happen, that you can break free from anything that's holding you back. Now, some of you might be sitting here right now and say, well, this just doesn't seem fair because Peter was broken out of his prison, but James still died. And it can be challenging at times because we face different things in our lives. It's easy to get caught up in a comparison trap, right? Why is their life so easy? Why does everything just seem to fall into place for them? Where I'm getting locked up and persecuted for my faith. Maybe not your faith, but just in general. Things that life's throwing at you. You're like, wait, but neither of those seem like good outcomes. <laughs> but it's all about our perspective. When we say, God, I want to ride or die with my faith, it's saying, I'm willing to do whatever it is and trust that you will help me in the midst of what I'm facing. And it's a perhaps God kind of faith. It's saying, God, you might rescue me, but I'm okay if you don't, because you have a plan and purpose for my life. And that purpose might be to help continue to spread the gospel of Jesus. Sometimes the most difficult struggles that you face is going to help somebody else through theirs. I know the things that I face within my life, the struggles with addiction, depression, suicidal thoughts, all of those things that I faced in my life, in that moment I felt like there was no freedom from it. But faith has set me free. A faith in Jesus has set me free. And I want to share my story with whoever's listening because I don't care. I don't care if somebody's going to think differently of me because I share the brokenness and the flaws in my life. Because no one is perfect. But God will meet you in your brokenness and he will break those chains and set you free. And he wants to do that for somebody right now. And that's why it's important for us to not allow ourselves to let the enemy win. We have to fight back. We have to say, God, I'm ride or die because I'm going to believe that you love me. I'm going to believe that you have a purpose for my life. I am going to believe that whatever I'm facing right now, you're going to work good for it. Because God works good for those who love him who are called according to his plan. So you keep following God's plan and he'll bless you. He'll give you freedom. He'll allow you to have a faith that no, no circumstance can touch. I don't know who this is for this morning, but just... No, but regardless of what chains you feel are on you, God wants to set them free. And it might not look the way that you would expect it to. I want to read something to you from Philippians 1.20. So 1.21 was the verse, but I'm going to read a little bit more. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. That's what ride or die is all about. Saying, God, I, I don't know. Like, could you imagine? In this story, you think James was the one better off than Peter. And these are, these are Paul's words that I just wrote to you. And he was put in prison. He was ridiculed. He was beaten for his faith so much. He faced so much torture and scrutiny for his faith. But that's the mindset that he had, and he's calling us to the same thing, because we would never look at James and say, man, is he blessed that he died. And some of you might be so angry and frustrated with God right now, because you're like, why did you let my mom die? 
Why did you let my dad die? Why did you let my friend die? Because for us, we only know this life that we're in right now, what we're experiencing right now. So as we look to God and we ask him to show us the way in our lives, we're thinking about the life that's here. But it's so sudden. We all are going to die. And to have an outlook like this, like Paul had to say, you know what, James would actually be the one that's blessed because he's with Christ. There's a kingdom. There's a kingdom we get to encounter right now. That through the Holy Spirit, and God wants to allow us to encounter his presence and his kingdom. Because Jesus teaches us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. But when you go to heaven, there will be no more weeping, no more crying, no more tears. It will be joyful and you will be in Christ's presence for an eternity. And that's what Paul wants us to know in this moment. That's what he wants to speak to our lives. He wants us to know that it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what you're going through. I am with you. I am for you and never against you. I've got a plan and a purpose for your life. So no matter what you face, are you ready to be ride or die? Ride or die in a relationship with Jesus. It's a little scary. I'm not going to lie. Asking God, say, hey, use me however you want to. No matter what I'm facing right now, God, I know you want to use it for your good. Just go ahead. I'm open and I'm available. Because God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for available people. Because no one is perfect, not even one, except Jesus. He is the one that came to show us how to live our lives. And it's through him that we become right with God. So you have got to stop telling yourselves that, you know what, i got to get right with God one day. Or let me get right with God and then I'll start coming to church. No, we got it backwards. That song we sang, run to the Father, that's what you get to do because God is the only one that's going to make you right. And he wants to meet you exactly where you're at. But to have a ride-or-die mentality, it can be a little bit scary. Planning a church, five months into it, hitting a pandemic, and now here we are under a pavilion at a bar, streaming our mind. And I don't say that in a negative way. I say it in a positive way because God is so good. We were just trying to figure out how can we live stream a service? I don't know. Asking our tech team, what are we going to need this, that, and the other? And it felt so overwhelming. But sometimes when you're putting some things that you think are chains, God's like, no, this is a chance for you to show my glory. For you to get creative, to be able to encounter me in a way where I'm going to give you ideas so that you can do the unimaginable. So even though we can't be with you in person right now, we are streaming live through the graces of technology that come through God. So whatever it is that you might be facing, God is with you and he's for you. We've got to be right or that. We've got to be ready to say whatever. I'm, I'm down for whatever in my faith. See, and the, the prayers are answered. Here's what's hilarious to me is after this happens, Peter runs to Mary's house. There's lots of Marys in the Bible. This Mary I'm talking about is uh, John's mom, and not that John. So we can get a little confusing with all these names. I'll break it down for you. Mark. Mark, the book of Mark, is Peter's life story. So Peter used to hang out with Mark a lot, so it's understandable that he'd be going to Mary's house, which is Mark's mom. But he was called John Mark, but to make it easy, they call him Mark. I hope you're all caught up. And if you feel confused still, you can read the Bible. It's awesome. Acts 12. That's what we're going through right now. But he runs to the house and starts knocking on the door like, Hey, where are you guys at? I'm here. And the servant comes to the door. And as she gets to the door and hears Peter's voice, she's like, runs back to tell everybody. Doesn't even open the door. Like That feels so realistic to me. Like You'll be like, no, this can't be true. I need to get somebody to come tell them to come be a part of it. And then guess what happens? They go and tell her. She's telling everybody, and they look at her like she's crazy. 
Like, no way. Peter's in prison right now. He's about to go on trial tomorrow, probably get killed. These are the same people that were earnestly praying for Peter to be broken free. It's not to say they didn't have faith, but there's times when in our faith and we're praying to God for something, it just seems so unlikely that when we see that prayer answered, we can't even believe it. And this is not a negative thing, because that prayer was answered, but the fact that they were going earnestly to God, even if they didn't know if it could happen, and Peter shows up. So you might not be that one that's facing a whole lot this morning, but your prayers for somebody else could help them break free. You know, that person that you might have given up on? You might have thought, you know what, I've been trying to tell them about Jesus for so long. But they just continue to tell me there's no God. Don't give up praying. Even if you don't know that that prayer is going to be answered. Even if you feel like it might never be answered. God hears your prayers and continue to pray earnestly to God because he might answer that prayer. Those people that you love so desperately might enter into a relationship with Jesus. And you might not believe it. I'm telling you what, I'm telling you, I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. But I promise you, some people that I've met and that I've seen for the first time in 10 plus years, they're looking at me that same way. Yeah, right, this dude? No way he accepted Jesus. And there's moments I think about uh, the people that have passed on and are in a better place, and they only knew me as a punk. What must be going through their minds in heaven... I mean, they're having fun, they're probably not even thinking about me. But when I get there, will they be shocked? I don't know, because answer prayers are happening. But I'm, I'm a product of a prayer that was answered, that nobody would have thought could be realistic. I showed up at a door and knocked, someone probably like, yeah, right, who is this? See, but God can do the miraculous. And as we're praying and we're seeking God and we're wanting to step into his presence in new ways, he wants to change our lives. Whether it's yours or it's somebody that you know, somebody that you're praying for. In John 16, 32-33, I want to share something with you as we close here that Jesus said. He said, a time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. Right now, in your own home. We're scattered right now as a church. You may be scattered, but he said, you will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. No matter what you're facing and how alone you may feel, God is with you. But he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus suffered a sacrifice for you. He loves you. He wants to meet you exactly where you're at. And he knows the pain that you are experiencing right now, but we're going to face struggles. There's going to be difficult times. But last week I shared something with you about how Jesus turns ors into ands. And when we talk about ride or die, you want to talk about ride or die, that's Jesus, but he's ride and die. Because he died for you. He died for your sins. But he's also with you. He's riding along with you in whatever circumstance you find yourself in. No matter the deepest pain that you are feeling right now, he loves you and he is with you. Your pain matters. Even if it's based on a stupid decision you might have made, that doesn't matter to God because he will meet you right there. And we're about to sing a song here in a moment. 
about stepping into a fire that we might feel like we are in a fire, but there's another one in it with us, and his name is Jesus. And some of you today, you may have never made that decision to step into a relationship with Jesus before. And we want to give you that opportunity right now. Life is tough. And I'm not going to promise you. Actually, I will promise you that life will not get easier with Jesus all the time. Because sometimes you face more tension, more struggle. Because when you step into a relationship with Jesus, you've now become a threat. But it's okay because God is so much more powerful. He will face and fight the battles that you are in the middle of. He will come alongside you. He will cry with you as you're hurting and in pain. Because God is greater than any circumstance we might face. And today if you're saying, I don't know, what, what does that look like? What does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus? How do I even encounter that? It's just a matter of saying yes. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's saying yes. Saying, God, I believe that Jesus existed. I believe that he died for me. And I believe that he was raised again from the dead. So now I can have a direct relationship with God. God, I am sorry for the mistakes that I've made. And if that's you today, shoot your hand up. Even if you're in a room by yourself, that's cool. God sees it and he knows. There's something about making an outward expression of what God's just done in your heart that, that you can just encounter God's presence in a different way. So maybe that's just saying yes right now. Just yelling out yes if no one's around you. Or yelling out yes if they are. But in this moment, I'd love to pray with you. God, I thank you for those right now that just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. I pray that you would help them come closer to you, to run to you in the midst of their pain, come to you no matter what they're facing. Because you are with them right now. I thank you that you died for them, specifically. But that's not where the story ended, that you rose again and are seated on the throne. God, help us choose you over everything else. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.